This segment of Off the Hustle is powered by SaskGolfer.com. He gave it away. Coaster scores. Coaster, Coaster five on five scores. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 15 of Off the Hosel. My name is Drew Kroser, and I am your host. I'm joined today again by my brother, Troy Kroser. How are you doing today? I'm doing very good, Drew. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. I mean, it's uh, the fourth out of uh, five days here in Regina with uh, some hot weather and obviously with some scattered showers. But uh, like you said, off the record, uh, things will be looking nice and green for uh, the golf season coming up in a couple weeks here. No, oh, yeah, of course, it's going to be very lush with all the hot weather. I won't say hot, but the very warm weather and few showers here and there. Fairway's going to be nice and lush. Green's going to be nice, tightly rolled and fast. Green rock. So I wanted to ask, how was your weekend? What were you up to? Eh, not too much. Got a couple barbecues in. Uh, actually pulled out the old the old rusty 56 degree. Was pissing around in the backyard, pissing my dog off, hitting golf balls. You know, just getting uh, stroke ready to rock for May 15th. How much steak you? do you eat? How much steak do I eat? I eat a lot of steak, especially when it's on sale. I won't say the place because we're not sponsored by them yet, but uh, picked up another half dozen of them. Uh, yeah, I like steak. <laughs> I was noticing. I, I'm, I'm actually going to be the guy with gout in the family real soon. So, <laughs> well, maybe the strongest man too with all the steak you eat. Uh, no, my weekend, uh, n- nothing happened. Nothing really special. I went back to work. It was five days and whatever so i'm back there grinding away and then uh obviously doing this with you so kind of laying low but uh getting excited trying to get in the golf itch uh i know you are um i actually wanted i was going to talk to you about the the golf game 2019 the the video game i was curious have you played it or do you figure it out yet no uh well i i, I did not play it i cannot play it because like i was telling you off the air i'm rocking a sega genesis 16 bit <laughs> system which you have no idea what it is yeah i'll pass and in all seriousness i looked it up online i tried to put it on the computer uh i don't have a gaming computer um and i don't have the funds for an xbox one or a ps4 <laughs> those, so like those guys i just gave all day on the computer yeah you know like like with the headphones on sitting in their underwear eating cheese that that's not me so um yeah anyhow so i've been playing that uh, quite a bit and a friend of the show steven lescu uh he he created the uh, nipple and um evergreen golf course on there uh me and mcnall got absolutely stroked by uh, uh Rosie and uh, bow rider uh on xbox the other night but uh the game's fun there's tons of good courses like the saskatoon country club uh Weyburn golf club uh regina uh, roller regina's on there so hopefully some more sas courses get on there it's definitely a fun game and if like I think you said off the record, I mean, PS4, Xbox, and all those sorts of uh, devices to play it on. That's what the, that's what the internet told me. <laughs> yeah, the internet's a good uh, good source for some uh, some help. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask, I mean, you're obviously getting uh, the extra distance golf and going here. I mean, we're 11 days away. Um, yeah, are you excited? Very excited. Very, very excited, to be honest. 
I think this year is going to be my banner year since I was, no, I don't know, 1920. Uh, I've been practicing a lot in the backyard. Uh, I was over at mom and dad's. They were using the putting green. Just 11 more days, 10 more sleeps, 10 more sleeps. I got to ask. And then, and then, and then we get make tea times 20 minutes apart. So hopefully they're going to let us book seven, eight days in advance. I'm not sure. (laughs) <laughs> Don't get me going on that right into that. I, I didn't ask you a question here. Sure. The, the amount of shit I've seen on social media about people, because you know Alberta's opening up and they have 5,000 cases turned on COVID. You know, PEI, New Brunswick, uh, Ontario, they're all opened up today. Like, like people that are going, oh, I'm going to go over there and book a tea time play, and they're fucking serious. Like, really? <laughs> like, like, you're going to go, you can't wait 11 days to golf? Um, it actually pisses me off. Like, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, yeah, you can't wait 11 days. You're going to drive to Alberta or Manitoba to play some golf, and it's going to sit you back probably. I mean, yeah, gas is cheap right now, but you're still spending probably 500 600 bucks to go around the golf. I mean, you can't wait. Play the Xbox yeah, little, 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 yeah, Exactly. Or you know what? Dust off the old Xbox, whatever it is, 360, and grab a copy of Tiger Woods 09, you know. Go create your own player, play a couple games, and wait. Just wait. I mean, it's 11 days. Yeah, it, I agree. Just... I, I, I see people on Twitter and Facebook, and they're whining and bitching to Scott Moe. Oh, we got to open up the golf courses right now. No. No. <laughs> just wait. It, just wait. It scares me, though. Like, I, I'm legit. Like, I, I was playing. I told you off the record. I'm playing devil's advocate. <clears throat> I mean, I want to play. I, I do. I do. I don't. But I got to be the middleman. But if I'm going to go golf and someone just came back from Calgary and I didn't know that and they're playing, Fuck, the chances of them getting it over there and bringing it back here is fucking pretty high. Well, and then that's just going to ruin golf for everybody everyone. for all the whole season, right? So my advice right now to everyone listening to the show, you know what, our listeners might go from 500 now on every every show we have on to fucking 10 now. But if you don't like it, sorry. Don't leave. <laughs> Stay home. Like it's, it's, been, it's been the motto for two months now. You can wait 11 days. I don't know. You have more, anything, any more notes to add on that, Troy? No, but I did want to tell all our listeners that this episode of Off the Hosel is brought to you by Molson Coors. Keep your eyes peeled for Coors Sliced Lime. It's the refreshing taste of Coors with just a hint of lime. Try the new smooth and clean taste of Coors Organic. 90 calories, 4 grams of carbs, and made with your organic barley and hops. Off the Hosel, proudly sponsored by Molson Coors. <laughs> that was good. Sorry, good yeah, thing you cut me off because I was just getting rattled, so... Long story yeah, short, you know what? Slow you down there. I love all the listeners here. I appreciate it and all the support. Me, you and I both appreciate it all. Just that's my two cents. If you don't like it, whatever. I'm sure we'll all get over it, but um, just stay home if you can. But I mean, uh, also moving on, Davey over at Molson. Thanks again, Stewie. Uh, he'll be on Wednesday, um, so listen up and uh, Stewie. I'm running low, Davey. Yeah. I'm running low. <laughs> We're running low, so I mean, we'll just uh, we'll contact you off the record there, Davey. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so thanks again, Stu. Um, yeah, I don't know. You want to, you want to talk about our, our guest today a little bit here, a little intro. I would love to talk about Mr. Eric Howardchuk. Yeah. So obviously everyone saw the label today, Eric Howardchuk, uh, the son of former NHL hall of famer, Dale Howardchuk. Um, you know, Dale, uh, Eric's dad's going through, I don't, I don't you might know the story. Uh, I'll let you run with this one here a little bit. Yeah. Dale Howardchuk was diagnosed with cancer. He finished his treatment. So I don't ring the bell. So me and him have something in common. I'm getting it. I only got two more months left. I get to ring the bell. Nice. But 
Uh, Eric was, uh, he was a very good interview. A lot of good stories. I mean, he's kind of been, he's been through some shit. I mean, he went from, well, I mean, he went from Corn Ferry, dropped down, and then he went to the Curly on the Outlook tour. Yeah. What's that, sorry? Well, Mackenzie tour, and then he went down to the Outlaw. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. But he had some good stories. Um, very good interview. Had a lot of good stories. And Humble it, kid, it, too. Well, people can tell. I mean, the interview was over an hour, and then. He liked to talk to us. We liked to talk to him. He also told us, like most guests have told us, at, at the end, you ever want anything, you ever need anything, give a, give me a call. You know, I'm enjoying what you're doing. Very humble, very thankful for the podcast that we've been doing. So, yeah, no, Eric was a really, really good interview. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and one other thing I want to throw in there, Drew, before you make fun of me, and I don't want you to spoil it. I want people to listen, <laughs> but, yeah, I know <laughs> – <laughs> let our uh, listeners figure it out let yeah figure like out. listen to this part right now and then you listen to it later and be like that's what they're laughing about because uh yeah yeah no it's all in fun and troy i mean it was a long time we were probably gas and beers too for all we knew it's a long interview so uh no eric was good i hope you guys enjoy the interview um re- quickly reminder um uh we are getting some swag and we're gonna do, do a soft launch uh, with some uh, off the hustle hats shirts hoodies so keep your eyes peeled and if you want some you know you, you know who to contact uh, Troy will uh, give you the rundown on that and where you can find us right now. Yeah, some Hosel swag. It's on its way. So we've got the Twitter page at underscore off the Hosel, Facebook off the Hosel, new Instagram page underscore off the Hosel. DM, private message, like, share, comment. We're uh, we're excited that everyone's on board with us. And uh, yeah, Drew. Yeah, also, you can always check out our, uh, I mean, even Troy and myself's uh, personal Twitter pages, uh, at Closer Drew and at Closer Troy. Uh, just, you know, if you ever have questions for the show or guests you want to see come on, because there are still tons of guests that we're going to have on. Uh, these are kind of just our, you know, I don't, I don't want to say, like, even the first 14 episodes have all been unbelievable, you know, and we've already recorded 10 banked interviews to, to go. Um, but that, I mean, we have so many good players and, and, and just, yeah, they wouldn't have so many interviews. But it, it's well, I, I, I've seen the schedule. I've seen the schedule here for the next ten, and first fourteen were great. Next ten are going to be greater. Yeah, and then even like, I mean, hopefully by episode one hundred, they're all great. I mean, they're all. They're, I mean, we started from like using my cell phone and sounding like um like an idiot, and now now we're here and we're really we're really doing it, Lloyd. Or is it really doing it? Which one is it, Harry? Or really do it, Lloyd? Is that the one they use? Lloyd, yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. We so. landed on the moon. <laughs> so, anyhow, enough uh, enough of us talking. I think we should send it over, over to Eric. What do you think? Let's go check Eric Howard. Check out. Okay, guys. Hope you guys enjoy it. This segment of Off the Hustle is brought to you by Brownie's Golf Shop at the Royal Regina, Southern Saskatchewan's premier custom club fitters. Using FlightScope and GC Quad technology, Brownie's Golf Shop will give you the high-performance club fitting you need for that new driver or set of irons. Offering a full line of clubs featuring Titleist, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, and Srixen at the best prices. Brownie's Golf Shop, high-performance club fitting to help you enjoy the game. Contact Dean at RoyalRegina.com to book your fitting or yardage gapping appointment. Alrighty, we're now live on the air with our first ever... Uh my brother on the air on this interview and uh, our guest, uh, Eric Howardchuck. Um, how are you doing? Where are you these days? And wh- what are you up to during COVID? 
Hey guys, uh, well, I'm down here in uh, Arizona right now. Um, I'm just trying to uh, see if I can get my golf game back in order. Took a few months off there. Um, I was uh, back home taking care of my old man for a while, but uh, I'm down here now. And um, yeah, COVID's pretty crazy, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to get back into golf and still do my part of social distancing, but um, I think golf's really good for that anyway. So. Still working on my wedge game and trying to get back in it. Um, hopefully back on the circuit this summer sometime. So I wanted to bring that quickly. Um, Eric is uh, the son of Hall of Famer uh, Dale Howardchuck. Uh, also, I believe just one year removed from the Canadian Tour, uh, Mackenzie Tour, sorry, and now playing on the Outlaw Tour. Uh, moving backwards a, a little back to when you started playing golf, uh, when did you start and who got you in, uh, into the game? Uh, well, actually, I'm a couple years out. I, I, uh, two years ago, I lost my card, but um, thank you for that. I wish one year ago. <laughs> uh, I, I started, uh, actually, um, I was playing since I was a kid. My parents would take me, you know, maybe once a month. I'd just go boot it around. But um, I started going to a uh, little once-a-week junior camp uh, up at Shelburne, uh, Shelburne, Ontario. And Sam Young is the head pro there, and he was phenomenal and I, I know he's still there and he's still pumping juniors through there we actually had a lot of good players there um i think uh i grew up with dave markle um the mcclure brothers who all i think they were the first trio of brothers to yeah, yeah. play in the same canadian canadian junior together um big contingency of guys that went down to the u.s on scholarships and um yeah you know it was a blast he really pushed you to work hard and he really got me into the game and made me enjoy being competitive. So I, I, I want to piggyback that. Uh, I believe you were quite the hockey player junior-wise. Barry Colts, I believe, you had an opportunity. No, to no, that's record. my brother. <laughs> oh, my brother. <laughs> okay, Eric, we're, we're going to call you later. We'll have to study again. <laughs> you want to talk about my athletics as a kid? Holy smokes, I was brutal. I, like, I just realized how bad I was because um, – we just watched some home videos of me as a kid, like playing soccer, playing hockey. Like, I just stunk at everything. I, I didn't realize I could be so, like, in my head I thought I was good. But it turns out I wasn't good at all when I saw these uh, home videos. So who, who pushed you to go towards the golf? I kind of pushed myself. I mean, my parents, they, they were pretty supportive of whatever whatever I was doing as long as I was working hard at it. They didn't really care. If I wanted to be a chess player, they wouldn't care. But um, as long as I was working hard. So when it, when I was about 15, I was actually a goalie in hockey up until... Just a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, so I guess at 15, my parents were kind of like, all right, golf or hockey? Like, you got to pick one. Like, because you can't play... There's not many guys on the PGA Tour and in the NHL. So if you want to be in one, like... Um, so I just kind of felt like I wanted to go my own path, and I chose golf. And uh, I really don't regret it too much at all. I mean, sometimes when you're sitting there after missing a cut and oh, in a hotel somewhere, there. you're kind of thinking, man, I should have been a hockey player. But <laughs> yeah, really, it's like it's just one of those things, right? And I, I loved every step of the way. And, um, it's been a great experience. So I wanted so when, to ask – oh, sorry, go on, Troy, go on, go ahead. When, when you realized that you were a good golfer, obviously, I mean, you went college, right? You, you've, you've done the McKenzie Tour, you're on the Outlaw Tour. Uh, 
How did you get recruited to go play for Central Connecticut? And uh, let's hear some stories. Yeah, did you notice a big change in the competitiveness? Excuse me, in the golfers down south compared to the golfers back home. Yeah, I mean, there's a big uh, there's a big jump in a way at every step you take, Um, but it's a good it's a good increase in competitiveness because I think sometimes growing up in Canada you're not necessarily playing your potential only playing six months a year. And um, so to get down there to the U.S., I went to Central Connecticut State, um, which was, you know, it was a fantastic experience overall. Um, I was like, like I, I was not a great junior golfer, if I can backtrack here for a sec. Like, I, I never Please, yeah. once qualified for the Ontario Junior. I tried every year. I never qualified. Don't worry, bro. Me too. Missed by one shot like three times in a row. The joke. <laughs> so, like, uh, I was pretty shocked when, um, you know, I got an offer to go down for a tryout. I kind of had a friend of a friend, um, Matt McClure and Mike Moreland, who both played at Sheldon with me, were attending CCSU, and they kind of got my foot in the door with the coach. So I said, um, okay, like, I, I was – really excited for the opportunity and I went down there and I played 18 holes in front of the coach and I shot my first ever bogey free round and one of my only ever under par rounds right in front of the coach. <laughs> I was a two under bogey free at hot meadow in Connecticut. And I was like, Holy smokes. And I, the coach calls me into his office before I leave. And he's like, you could be one of the best players we've ever had. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Did I ever trick this guy? Pump the tires. <laughs> Pump the tires. Yeah, so they ended up giving me a bit of a scholarship, um, which was really cool. I mean, so, it was Division yep. One. I, I, I was just pumped. And, um, you know, we had a really good team every year. And uh, actually, uh, uh, Travis Fifi was on my team. He's a Fiefs. Boy. Name drop for him. Well, he, he's, Brand, he's from Brandon, but he's, he's living out in Sass now. So, shout out to him. He's He's a beauty. Oh yeah, he's a beauty. Um, so, so playing, so playing college in Central Connecticut. Um, yeah. You know, for so, for some of our younger viewers or listeners, I guess that are looking at making the next step. Whoa, Troy, let's do that a lot later. It's a question later, bud. No, no, no. I I want to follow up here. You made me do notes. I got my notes ready, Drew. So what, what I want to know is what what is a normal day in 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 the college golf life? Like, what is a normal day for you? Um, hmm. that's a good one. Don't so, say crushing Budweiser. No, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, we would, uh, we, we, we kind of had our own schedule. The golf team was kind of the envy of all the other sports because, you know, we didn't really do heavy workouts in those days. We didn't have to get, be up for training. It was kind of a, a free for all. Like we would go, we'd, we'd, practice we'd play leading up to the season then once school started you try to schedule your classes to be monday to thursday and then friday load up the van drive to whatever yale dartmouth wherever the tournament was play a practice round that night 36 holes saturday 18 holes sunday back in the van next thing you know you're in class monday morning so it was when you were in season it was very intense well, I was in a. I, 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 I really liked it. Well, 
Well, I was going to say that I was, I was uh, supposed to go to Minot, and then I, the first thing the coach is like, yeah, we had a practice in the morning, a workout, and then school. I'm like, <laughs> no, not going. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing yeah, that. Yeah, we, we kind of <laughs> – we, we had our own uh, – you kind of figure out the system when you get there, right? And uh, we, <laughs> we would try to schedule our classes for the morning first thing, except uh, – and, and Friday's off, so – we always had thirsty Thursdays. That was about the only time we really ever <laughs> let it rip. But we did let it rip on Thursdays. I wanted to ask, uh, who would you say is a big influence on your life in general and then just, you know, golf? You know, I mean, you're, we talked off the record the other day. You, you know, you pushed and, you know, there was times you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to keep playing this. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to hear, like, uh, who's a big influence on your yeah, life? Yeah, um, I don't know if it's any one person. I mean, all my coaches along the way, my parents are obviously a huge influence. Um, they were the ones that got up and drove me to the course every morning before I had my life. Dude, ride a bike. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Shelburne to Hockley Valley, it's like a 25-minute car ride. I'm okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> By the time I get there, i got to bike home. <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I grew up on a golf course. That was... That was Actually, when my dad was playing for the Blues, we lived on a golf course, and I didn't golf at that time. So really, that's the irony of life. So, yep, the <laughs> ultimate bogey. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge bogey. It was a pretty nice club too. But um, yeah, so I would say um, my my parents, my family, my coaches, my wife now is pretty uh, like very very positive about my career, and um, she's always supporting me. Um, so. I've been blessed in that way to, you know, have um, a lot of people that really support me. I don't have too many haters, but the ones I do have, I've pretty much shut them all up. So. The hater because they heinous, that they say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Eric, um, let's 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 fast track here a bit. So you you do the college? Uh, how many years were you there for? Pardon me. How, how many years in college did you play? I played four years. I actually only missed like one event, I believe. Um, I was lucky. I made the, it was, I, I guess my advice for uh, younger kids that pick a college, make sure, make sure you go to a school you can play at. Yeah. Like it's cool to get the bag at Texas or wherever, but if you can't be in that starting lineup, you don't get better. Like you need to be playing events while you're at school. <laughs> you would be right. the best oh, right, practice right. player in the world then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean so, that. I I think I played like sixty events or something in my college career, which is wow, wow. You know, as, as much as anyone. So, so you finish. And you get to play against career. those guys. You get to play against those big schools, so you're still playing good competition. Yeah. So, so you finish your college career, and then next next on board is what I believe the McKenzie Tour, correct? Well, I, I actually so after college, I kind of I thought I was kind of done with golf. I took a job with a company called Jackson Events in Ontario, doing like event marketing. Oh, no and... free ads! No free ads. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, and my, so my boss Andrew, he would like he, he started inviting me um, to golf with some of the clients, and we play in a scramble and we win. And the clients were saying, "Hey, um, can Eric play next week? We got this tournament." And he's like, "Well, I guess so." And <laughs> Next thing you know, it's like choked. by August, I'm playing in four charity scrambles a week. I'm not even in the office. I'm literally <laughs> just golfing and scrambles. And my boss is like, I don't know if we can sustain this. Like, I don't know. If I, like, what are you going to do here? So I, that fall was the was fall of 2012. Um, it was right before the PGA Tour bought the Canadian Tour. 
and I went to Q school, and there were 66 guys for 30 cards. Oh. And I remember Tyler Wolborski won it, and I tied for last place of status. So I finished, like, tied for 29th or tied for 30th with uh, Andy Jensen, actually. And <laughs> we were so pumped. I, I got my Canadian Tour card, and a week later, the PGA Tour buys it. So now it's the talk of the town, and everybody's <laughs> trying to get into Q school. I think the next Q school had 250 guys for 30 cards. So it was just a crazy thing. So I chased that tour for the next summer, and that was kind of the way I got into the pro, pro golf scene. So to, so to piggyback that question with the McKenzie tour, I just had a few notes written down. If you could tell our listeners, you know, um, tour life on McKenzie tour, where you guys travel to play, some of the purses you guys were playing for an average. Um, who are who are some of the standouts on the tour that you got to play with? And then follow that all up with, like, the craziest thing you've seen playing on the McKenzie tour. And before you answer that, before you answer that, Eric, I've heard some yeah. stories, like guys like living in their cars, like doing shit yeah. that they shouldn't be doing. Like, I mean, our cousins play on in Troy, yeah. you know that, and I know it, and a good buddy of mine that plays in the BC now. But yeah, sorry, go on though. Well, there's a reason that Saskatoon was voted the player's favorite stop when it was on the circuit. Was <laughs> used to rip it up in that town. <laughs> and, I mean, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I would say that first year, because I didn't have good status, so I was kind of just chasing Mondays, and I would just wait around as an alternate a lot of times if I didn't get in. And that was the year, like, we still had Nick Taylor was on the circuit then. He's a um, stick, eh? I think, um, yeah. Uh, Finau was on the circuit that year, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, Tony? That was a crazy, yeah, that was wow. a crazy, crazy strong year. Gliggs was out there. Uh, I want to say Hadwin was still kind of lurking back and forth. I could be wrong. Sorry, I weren't. Um, <laughs> but it was uh, it was a really deep, deep field in those days, and it still is. I mean, as soon as the tour bought it, it got really good. And um, I, I would say I, I drove the whole thing. I've always driven the circuit, trying to keep the money down, and that's a blast too. Because I mean. You get to see things I'd never seen the Rockies before. I mean, holy smokes, Bamford! That John Denver's full of shit. <laughs> yeah, John, West Virginia. God, what a damn! <laughs> I mean, it, it's like it, it's something you, uh, an experience I had craved my whole life. I mean, I, I've always wanted to just be a grinder, and I think I achieved that in a lot of ways. I found a way to get out there and scrape it around. And, I mean, I didn't have the best swing, but I found a way to get the ball in the hole a lot of times. And um, I, I never made much money at all on the Canadian Tour. I mean, that was not a profitable tour for me in a lot of senses. Um, I, I'm trying to think what year it was. 20, 2016, yeah. Um, if I could ramble on here. Yeah, yeah, keep going. You're good. It's kind of a crazy story. We're just um, crushing our strong bros from Molson. Sorry, go on. I went to Q. I had lost my card. Um, so 2016 in the spring, I go up to Comox, British Columbia, for Q school. So I drive from Phoenix up to BC. I get up there. Um, we're staying at an Airbnb, beautiful place, and I shoot eight under in the first round. So I have the lead 
by one, and Aaron Wise is in second at seven under. Huh. And <laughs> I'm literally skipping back to my car, like <laughs> pumping my hands in the air, like we made it, baby. Like <laughs> this is it. You're going back. And I, I walked out of there on Friday night with no status. I played like a dog the rest of the week. So <laughs> that was a huge learning experience for me. Uh, I then have a 48-hour drive back to Toronto from Comas, British Columbia, <laughs> with no status now, after having the lead in the first round. So it was probably the most depressing moment of my entire career. I mean, I'm literally dry, somewhere, maybe I'm probably in, like, medicine hat when I decided, you know what, golf might not be for you, Eric. This is brutal. <laughs> keep driving, all these emotions going through my mind, and I end up um, getting back home to Toronto, and there's a new tour in town called the Circuit Canada Pro Tour, and um, there's an event right by my house, and it's 10 grand for first, I heard, so I was like, yeah, it's at, um, um, where is it, I don't know, it's near my place, so I go out, and I end up winning the tournament for 10 Gs, so... I'm like, oh, she smokes. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> and ended up going down a month, a uh, month later, and winning Canada Cup for thirty grand. So now I made forty grand in like a month. And you're like, uh, what's I mean, Adam Sandler? Happy Gilmore? Just checks low. in the vehicle. <laughs> oh yeah, they gave me the big checks. That's that was huge. <laughs> yeah, I felt like Happy Gilmore. That was, that oh, was I want one of them so. big checks. Did he get the last place? Why well, want one of those checks? Oh, no way. I'll make some money either way. <laughs> okay, okay, match your story. More, baby. I mean, it's, it's just such a grind on the mini tour. So you have no idea when you're going to get paid, when you're going to get hot. And when you're not, when you're just missing cuts, I mean, it's, it's one of the lowest feelings. So you just got to try to push through and just stick with it. I think that looking back, though, that after having that lead and then missing my status, that was probably the best learning experience of my entire career. I mean, you don't... <laughs> if you can recover from something like that, I really feel like I can recover from anything. <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh, I wanted to ask, Eric, um, I mean, obviously, like, we just touched on how like you went from your ultimate high, ultimate low. When did you really start to go, hey, this is like, really fun. I mean, I like to win. I like to make money. Um, when did it clue in, kick in, kind of like, hey, like, I want this to be my job and career? Oh, I mean, I felt like I wanted this to be my job and career since I was, like, was 13 years old. I wanted to get a scholarship. I wanted to play pro golf. I, I always wanted to be on the PGA Tour, and I've never achieved that goal. And my, I changed my goal. I just want to play in one PGA Tour event, and I've been so close. Which um, one? I lost. I lost in a playoff to Josh Teeter to get in the Canadian Open. Uh, yeah. He made, you know that putt that Tiger made, like when he was shaking the guy's hand? Yeah. Like, like, that's what Teeter did to be in that playoff. Oh. <laughs> it was like a 25-footer. I had a 26-footer right behind him. I just missed it. It's I'm like, like, oh, my God, this is it. It's like, he give me the finger it, out. Halfway there, he, starts walking, he starts taking his hat off. I mean, just buried it dead center. 
and all the Golf Canada people were standing around, obviously cheering for me, and it was just kind of silent. I was, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And on the website, it kind of said that I got in, so I was getting all these congratulatory texts on my phone saying, like, oh. oh, I'm com- I already bought my tickets, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you go from McKenzie Tour and now currently on the Outlaw Tour, correct? Yeah, well, I, like I said, I haven't played in the last, um, I haven't played competitive in about six months. Ever since my dad got diagnosed in August, I was kind of taking care of him, and I was dealing with some injuries anyways before that. So, in a way, it was, I, I was taking care of him, and it gave my ankle a chance to really heal up, and I feel like I'm in, starting to get back in shape again. So, because I couldn't, I couldn't I, I wanna, anything. I'd like to ask you a question, if it's a, if it, it's a personal question, and you feel free to answer. Um, yeah. As our listeners know, I have been battling cancer now for a year and ten-ish days. Uh, I've done, I've done all the stuff that's not fun to do, but you know what? I'm battling every day. I seen on Twitter there last week your dad Dale got to ring the bell, which uh, August 28th, I believe, is when I get to ring the bell. How, how did that affect your life? when you found out dad was diagnosed with cancer? Oh, it was crazy. Um, I mean, it's not something you're ever prepared for. I was actually in the middle of a tournament at Tangle Creek on the Great Lakes Tour, and it was right after the first round, and um, I knew he was going in to check, and uh, I called him, and he said, yeah, they found some cancer, and it was a huge shock. That was a long drive home. And I thought about going and pulling out the next day of the tournament, but um, he came out and watched the next day with me, which was really, really cool. And we, we turned at four under, and I think I blew up on the way in. I think we shot like one under or even. But, um, you know, it was it was a totally different perspective on the golf course for me. Like, you know, these things that, you know, bogey here, a double there, they they don't really matter. You just try to enjoy every day, you know. It's a it's a crazy life. We're lucky to get to do what we do, you know. Even if you don't do it well, <laughs> you're lucky that we're we're lucky that we're still on a golf course. And um, now now COVID, I think, is really showing us that. Uh, yeah. People people can't even get on a golf course right now. I mean, there's going to be they're going to start tearing down the gates at these courses. <laughs> No, I just wanted to send a personal congratulations to your family. For, yeah, like, well, hey, good luck to you, man. I mean, I'm, a, I'm you know, he's, he's on the, the right track. I mean, hopefully we got it all, but um, if not, we'll deal with that. And that's all I, 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 I would be my advice for you is, like, you just be ready for anything, you know, and, like, just, and just keep your chin up and keep fighting it. Well, well power, power of positivity goes a long way, and I remember, uh, like I said, I was diagnosed April 4th of 2019, and I know – Drew was out on the golf course, almost similar yeah. to your story, and he got the news from my mom and dad about myself, and Drew, yeah. same thing, just totally lost focus, and, you know, it, well, it, it makes golf secondary, but w- w- yeah. when, when when you get oh. to see, and like I said, I saw it on Twitter, right, uh, when I got to see Dale, and again, you guys are a little bit younger than me, Drew definitely, a lot younger than me, I watched Dale play hockey growing up right he used to play against our yeah. Joey and uh, you know when I when I get when, when I got to see one of my idols growing up 
going through what I'm going through and then getting to ring that bell, you know, uh, it just, it gave me that extra, I can't wait till the end of August when I get to do that. But it just puts so many of these small little problems, even like you said, double bogeying a hole on four or you know, shit, you, you dust one and put it in the bush. doesn't matter, right? I mean, right. Um, well, pro golfers just, don't like, do that. How many pro golfers did you put in that position? No, no, for sure. Well, well, that, they like, find out some bad, bad news. Well, it's very similar to what you I, said, Troy. I mean, you brought up, I mean, like, obviously I, I was just listening to, like, I actually lost my earbud, sorry, but I, I caught the end of it. And, you know, it's obviously, like, congratulations uh, to your dad there, uh, Eric. Um, I, I mean, same as my brother found out, it was super, like, best day of the year. It was, like, I was hitting balls in the range, and then it was just, like, my mom texted me, or our mom texted me, and it was just, like, your brother has this. And I was just, like, Phew. My heart hit the ground, and then it was like, I told my buddy and my I to go home. And then, yeah, I mean, but you're, you guys are both so right, though. Like, you appreciate everything in life, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, definitely a shitty day. It, it's a crazy, yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing to explain. I mean, it's something you hope you never have to go through, but I think it's the reality for so many of us, and it's going to be the reality for a lot of us going forward. And, um, you know, I, I really see a difference in my old man now. Like, he's really become very very concerned about everyone else that's going through it because he knows how hard it's been you know and um i think he's it, it might be a blessing in disguise um i think he's going to really do a lot of good things after this um he really wants to get involved in uh, some of the hospitals some of the cancer wings in these you know in winnipeg and all, all throughout canada and um really try to keep people going you know, on the right track because it's a, it's a battle and um, I don't think anyone's prepared for it so but once you, once you get like more knowledgeable about it you, you kind of do some alternative stuff you figure out what works what doesn't you kind of can you figure out okay you know what we can beat this thing so I wanted to bring up uh, I mean obviously like that's we want to I mean that's a I don't know how you want to work I mean it's um, yeah just Weird times. It's called life. Yeah, exactly. Life. So put it. Yeah. So we're gonna move. On, we're gonna move on though. I mean, yeah, don't worry. Um, yeah. Uh, Troy and I, I. I know I do. I know Troy wants to. Uh, I've been talking to Fiefs. I've, I got to know Fiefs after a couple of years now. Um, I want to know some of your best memories and experience from college. And I don't just mean in the dorm room. I mean uh, on the golf course. And we have, we have young listeners there. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got some. We had a lot of good times. I mean, there was, oh, man, we would get banned, like, from the NCAA now. I think there was one time I had to drive the van because our bus driver didn't show up. Like, these things just couldn't happen. <laughs> like, my freshman year, I, our driver didn't show up. I just drove the van. I was, it was and the guys were looking. It's like, is that the kid driving? Is that the player driving the van? Mind your own like, business. It was crazy, you know. With Feast, he was a beauty. I walked him through on his uh, his intro. He drove down in his uh, Pontiac Aztec and uh, showed up. And I met him at the local bar, I think, in town, and um, drove around. And he's such a good guy. God, it was no uh, shit. <laughs> I think he had a blast, and I I know he he really came out of his shell. He was a pretty quiet kid when he got there, but he's a He's a beauty. And, um, you know, we had a great camaraderie, our, our golf team. Like, we we were all real tight. And we had a golf house, and we all lived together. And 
Actually, we had, I think the first year Fifi lived in one, this other guy Justin's closet. Like, that's how it was. <laughs> like, we just cleaned out the closet, put a mattress in there, and that's where Fifi lived. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. So, it, it, was, um, it was an experience that I'll, I'll probably never have again, you know. It, it was so much fun. I wish, uh, I wish we could have won a conference championship together as a team. Um, I won one myself in '09, but we—it would have been so nice to have the team there. Yeah. Um, at regionals, but um, you know, we we had a great team. We had a couple guys from Australia on the team that was that could play. A lot of local kids. Um, I mean, Kevin Josephson, Stan Pelletier, Justin Hughes, Daniel Morgan, Ash Crawford. I mean, we Dan Fanning was awesome. I mean, we we had like a really good group of players and we've all kind of gone off our own ways but we stay in touch and I, I think that's the most important thing is like you never forget those guys you know and it was it was so much fun so you're down in Arizona now correct yeah I am. Are, you, are you living there full time or are you coming back home uh, I, I'm planning to move here full time we'll see I'm applying for my green card right now I used to have one as a kid but um I mean, I think things are, might be slowing down a bit because of this COVID, but I, I'm putting the paperwork in and hopefully, because uh, I'm married now to an American, and hoping to live down here full time. I mean, it's not a bad place to live. It's going to be hot here this summer. I've never done a summer in Arizona. I might melt down here. It's, <laughs> it's in the low 40s. So, out of all the golf you've played so far, right, um, who would you say is probably the the standout best golfer, or even name name wise golfer that you played with? Well, I, I play usually a few times a year with Nick Taylor and Adam Hadwin and Joel Damon and Brandon Harkins. And I mean, I, down here, you I've gotten to know a lot of tour players. I mean, it's it's been I've been very lucky. I get to play with those guys and call them friends. And um, they they usually come back because I, I lose money to them most of the time, so they they usually take the invite every time. But um, you know what? We we have a lot of fun with those guys. Um, they're they're great representatives of what it means to be a professional. And you know, just to watch them, I mean, the way they hit their wedges is like it's like night and day. See why they made it. You know, they're, it's a subtle difference, but it's a big difference at the same time. So are you uh, are are you a uh, a fifty six degree or a sixty degree wedge man? Well, you gotta have them both. I mean, no, uh, no what's your choice? Oh, uh, like for me, probably like a wet pitching wedge down here because I, I had been chipping it for like two years down here. I couldn't even <laughs> I couldn't even pull a sixty full swing. I was like, oh my gosh, I almost left it at home one time. And I <laughs> I was like, let me just, I'm, I, I might just putt it from the fairway for a while. Oh, yeah, the shanks? <laughs> but I've gotten over that. I mean, that was a tough time in my career. Um, yeah, the shanks or what? You go through and I think we we all go through them, you know. And I think pros just know how to disguise their flaws better than amateurs. Like, like okay, uh, I'm not chipping it well, so I'm either going to putt when I miss the green or I'm not going to miss a damn green today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why our podcast that's is called uh, Off the Hazel there, Eric. Um. <laughs> this episode of Off the Hosel is brought to you by Extreme Hockey and Sports and Umbrella Marketing Solutions. 
one stop for all your sports, marketing, and corporate team and sales. Come down and see Donnie and Daphne for all your sports and corporate needs or contact at this number 306-539-6101 or email donnyyearen at extremehockey.net. That's D-O-N-N-Y-U-H-R-E-N at extremehockey.net. I wanted to ask, um, what was it like growing up in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and how was the junior program back then? I mean, we're biased down here. We're Saskatchewan-based, so um, yeah. I mean, you may get ripped (laughs) on. I I, I was one when my dad got traded from from Winnipeg to Buffalo, so I kind of grew up all over the U.S. Okay. Um, And then we moved to Toronto when I was, uh, I guess, 10 years old after he retired. And but we used to go uh, up to Winnipeg every summer for we had a cottage up there in Gimli. Yeah. And so I spent a lot of time there playing Links at the Lake. It used to be called Pelican Beach, which is a way better name. So I vote that they <laughs> change it back to Pelican Beach. But uh, great golf course. We I, I have a lot of great memories there. Um, you know, it I love Winnipeg. And maybe I'm biased because I'm Howard Chuck in Winnipeg, but I love it there. People You're a bomber fan. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Huge bomber fan, right yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's a it's such a tight-knit community, and people are awesome. I've made so many friends there, and I've had some of my best experiences there. I mean, it's a it's a great town. And, um, you know, I, I, I've been able to play in the Players' Cup a few times, the Canadian tour event. My, out there. A buddy of mine played that too, uh, actually, uh, Travis Fredberg. I don't know that name at all, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh, I know sorry. his name. Well, it's, a, it's such a great event. I mean, it, it, that's one of the best ones on the, on the circuit. I mean, in terms of how it's run, the fans, Winnipeg like, is just so great in a sense. They really get behind their town and they get behind their locals too. So I felt like a local there my whole life. And um, yeah, still have a lot of family there. So, um, oh, sorry, Eric, sorry, sorry. Um, I actually wanted to ask, I mean, I'm not sure, I mean, if you mentioned already, uh, when did you turn pro? Because I wanted to ask, uh, I, I wasn't sure if, if you're Golf Ontario or Golf Manitoba, did you play at the men's nationals ever or mids? Because uh, you mentioned juniors, you didn't, but uh, men's or mid? Uh, I played two, two Canadian amateurs. I finished. Pretty well. I played the one in uh, Blaineville, Quebec. Okay. Uh, Blaine VA. And uh, I finished like tied for 13th there. And then I remember I made the cut at the one at London. It was at London Hunt and Redtail. Okay. Um, and I made the cut there, but I didn't do anything special. But yeah, so I, I did have, once I got to college, my amateur career got better. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it, it's a, those are great championships. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of great players have come through the Canadian Golf Canada system now. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive. I actually wanted to spin off on that. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, so basically, like the common, uh, I don't know what the word is, like everyone that's been on the pod has been to nationals, right from Grand Dillette to now you. So uh, I haven't yet. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm grinding. I'm trying to get there. I usually miss by a shot or a place or whatever it is. Um, so I may as well keep this trend going, but do you have any good oh, stories? Whoa, 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 back up, back up. I'm trying to qualify for the senior tour here, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, are you, are you able to, have you tried the mid-am yet? Have I? 
Yeah. Uh, one more year. I'm only 24, so next year I can play. <laughs> yeah, so you're just prepping for the mid-end. Exactly. You win the mid end, you still get in the open. So well, you know what the worst part is? I mean, I actually finished, I, I was just going through stats the other day. I finished 10th at the Yorkton, uh, it was 2015. Finished 10th at the Man's Am. I don't need to, I don't need to get the drill. Like, that year was top nine. So oh, then, in Sask? Yeah, so then, of course, last year in Saskatoon, it's top 25, and what am I, 30. So it's just like, you know what? Oh. I'm going to start podcasting. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be podcast guy. <laughs> Honestly, you're going to go and you're going to be playing like garbage and you're going to accidentally qualify one of these years. I guarantee it. Just keep grinding at it. You'll, you'll, you'll be like, I got no chance this year. Hey, Eric, um, I don't want no sympathy. I'm asking you for some some good stories from when you were at Nationals. I don't give a shit about you. It's not my golf game. Don't try and give me sympathy right now. I want to know your, your stories from uh, when my you were there. First, my first pro event was the Great Waterway Classic on the Canadian Tour. Okay. I got 75, I think. 75 in the Monday qualifier, and I got in a playoff. That's how much this tour has changed. This wow. 2012. I shot 75, and I got in a playoff to get in, and I eagled the first playoff hole. <laughs> Take that, eh? I got in, and they were like, oh, do you want to register as an amateur or as a pro? And I was like, I don't know, I guess I'll register as a pro. Yeah, cash is sweet. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, I guess I'm, I just turned pro. That's what, like, people ask me all the time, how do you turn pro? I'm like, I don't know, just sign on the paper just tell me you're a pro. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty neat. So. Oh, are you still there, Eric? We lost you there. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yep. good. Okay, so you kind of missed that question there. I want to know some of the best stories you have from when you were at Nationals as an amateur. <laughs> oh, God. Well, like, I want to hear some. my buddy Justin. Sorry, go on. I mean, as an amateur, I was still pretty green. I mean, most of my best stories are as a pro. Okay, fine. Let's hear some good stories as a pro then. Anything juicy like that. I mean, let's uh, hear stories as a pro then. Skip the amateur, okay? Eric yeah, Howard does not do amateur stories. The, feel free to throw people under the bus if you want. Yeah, then we'll get them on the podcast <laughs> and they'll have them on. I would travel with um, Ryan Curran and Andrew Ledger, these two guys. Like They're both beauties, both great players. Um, but we were like when the three of us got together, it was like firing gasoline. Like <laughs> we were just nuts. So after I won the Canada Cup for like 30 G's, we go to this hotel in Quebec, and we're crushing a few beers in the room. Current, Molson. <laughs> yeah, Molson. We got this loaf of bread. No, yeah, Molson. <laughs> we got this loaf of bread. And this is when the Jays were hot, right? Like Jays were. This was like Osuna. So he's pretending to be Roberto Osuna, and I'm commentating. And he's hucking this loaf of bread at the hotel door as hard as he can. What are you, Jean Valjean or what? I'm calling ball a strike. <laughs> and he goes for a changeup, it looked like, and just misses it wide right. And it just smashes this beautiful picture on the wall. The glass goes everywhere. We filmed it all. I got it all on film, too. And he, so we're picking up glass. We don't know what to do with it, so we just chuck the glass in a bag and then throw it in the elevator and send it down to the lobby and ran back to the room. <laughs> I mean, these were these were great times. We had um, we always would talk like um, we, we always talked in like a Borat voice to each other on the course. Very like, nice. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never did this. I mean, you never did this. He, 
just a joke. Um, we called ourselves like LSOT, like laughing stock of tour, because we were just <laughs> we were just such dummies all the time, especially Canadian tour. We'd be doing. Uh, I remember in Calgary we had like a Fiat 500 rental car, and we were just trying to spin it out in the parking lot. Like, and all these serious tour guys are staring at us, and we're just ripping donuts in this Fiat 500 in the parking lot of the, at Country Hills. And then we just took off. I mean, it, it was some of the most fun I ever had in my life. But, you know, I probably should have transferred some of that into working a little harder. I probably would have been on a tour or something. But uh, I'll, I'll figure it out, and I'll get back out there. Okay, um, my brother just picked out a brand new outfit here. Uh, questions from the gallery, and this segment is sponsored by Player Golf. Use the discount code off the hosel fifteen for fifteen percent off your orders. That's off the hosel uh, fifteen for fifteen percent off your orders. So, this is the segment called Questions from the Gallery. Anything goes, Eric. So, <clears throat> don't hold back. Um, first question. What do you think golf clubs should do more of today to grow junior golf? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I really think you should start um, making it. You need to start getting more. Um, what are those things called? The uh, like the golf boards, things like that. Uh, those things are so trendy. I mean, there's all these like golf motorcycles now. Whatever is going to get people excited to go out, especially juniors, I mean, that, that's fun to see and that's fun to do. Um, for kids especially, though, I think you got to really um, – every course should have a forward tee, and you got to really encourage kids to play the up tee so that they start playing better at an earlier age. I mean, too many kids are still, I see, like playing the Reds when they're seven, eight years old. Like, just start from the 150. Make some pars. Like, yeah, um, I'm still learning things that. Things like that. And Jay, my, like, oh, sorry, sorry. And don't be afraid to drop your kid off and like let them be there with other kids and away from their parents. Because I, I know that was one of the big draws was my parents would drop me off in the morning and pick me up at night. So I got to kind of be on my own as a kid. And, um, that was that was a really good experience for me. Go on, Troy. So the second question of off the or off the gallery. I almost said off the hosel. Oh. Sorry. Question, question, Sorry, listeners. He's new. He's new. I like that. Second question off the hosel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is from Jake Stewart of Airdrie, Alberta. He wants to know, what is it like being the son of and growing up as a son of an NHL Hall of Famer? <laughs> Tough. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess as a kid, you like do not appreciate it at all. You just assume everyone gets to go hang out in the locker room with the Flyers. And, um, like, I, I would show up to practice. I know one time my dad went out. I would usually go skate out and practice with them for, like, a couple of laps. And I didn't even think it was that great. Um, you I would spoiled. come back inside. I, one time, like, Lindros and a couple of the other guys duct-taped me in the trainer's room to a pole. Like, they used hockey tape and just left me there during practice. And the trainer came in halfway through practice and just saw this kid tied up in there. I mean, if that happened now, they'd probably be, like, charged for Go to jail now for that shit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it was it, it was fun. It, it was great. And I, I used to complain to my dad, like, because I was a goalie, and he would try to give me tips. And I'd be like, well, I'm like, what do you know? You're a forward. Like, you can't tell me how to 
be a goalie? Like, uh, can I call Mr. Fuhrer, please? Like, Dude, I'm a Hall of like Famer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, you, just, you don't realize it. You're just like a spoiled little shit. But, um, it, it's funny you say that, Eric. It's funny you say that because, again, like I said, Drew, Drew's a lot younger than me. And I remember my 19th birthday, our cousin, Joey Koser, who I know your dad knows, uh, played for Detroit, New York, in Vancouver. He has four cups. Yeah, I remember my 19th birthday, uh, we all went to Edmonton to watch the Wings and the Oilers play. And I remember the morning, I got to go and skate with the Wings. Now, my idol growing up really? was Eisenman. I didn't know that. Yes, I did. Well, Drew, you were like three and a half years old. So yeah, I've been around for 24 years. You told me that. I got to go and lace him up with the Red Wings on my 19th birthday, do a little pregame skate. Don Cherry was there because it was Saturday night, like in Canada, called me up from the stands. You know, and not that I didn't appreciate it, because I did, but I know what you mean about, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just hanging out with the guys. That's, that was yeah. that. So my cousin, we, we only got to see him play X amount of games. It was quite a thrill for me. Uh, How long looking about when you were staying with them? Oh, what am I, 39, so 1998, 98, I guess. I was three. Yeah. And, you know, there was Eisenman, Lidstrom. So, long story short, I remember it was my birthday. So, I don't know if you've ever been at Old Rexall downstairs. They have a player's bar down there. And we went down. We had media passes. So, you know, myself, mom, dad, my sister, our sister, sorry, Drew, and, and Drew, we all go down there. Drew's in a little baby carriage or whatever he is. And Just cute as a button. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're having a pint sitting at the bar there. And it was myself and Joey was sitting there. All of a sudden, I get a little tap on the right, right side of my shoulder. And who's there is Steve Eisman. And I said, I, I, I did. I'm not going to lie. I shit my pants. I was like, oh, my God, it's my idol. It's my idol growing up. Yeah. And he gave yeah. me the stick that he used that night, signed by the whole team. Signed by the whole team. Still have it to this day. It's actually at no. my dad's house in yep. case the house ever burns down. Unless Drew got it and sold it, I'm not sure. But um, those memories will last for a lifetime. And again, that's just my cousin. So your dad being Dave Andertuck, or Dave Ander, oh my God. I ever <laughs> off the rock. Troy's getting, yeah. Troy's getting fired after yeah, this podcast. I was close. I was close. Sorry, my apologies. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's fired. Oh, just getting, just getting thrown. But I, I'm just saying, those, those memories will last forever. Right? I mean, I thought that was a really good question. So Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, actually, I have uh, this jersey. I got to go, I got to fly on a jet in 97 uh, for the All-Star game in San Jose. We flew with the Flyers. So it was Lindros, Coffee, LeClaire, and Howard Chuck. And then all the wives. Not Anerchuk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not Dave Anerchuk. I don't know. He's a stud, he though. He's been there on a different team. He's probably there with, like, the Lightning or something. Um, <laughs> so I get this uh, I get this sick MTV hockey jersey, and I get the entire Eastern All-Stars to sign it. And I'm, like, seven years old, eight, eight years old at this time. And I decide to sign it myself, right in the middle of the crack. <laughs> in, and I just wrote Eric. <laughs> Printed it. It destroyed this like one of a kind, incredible jersey, and it's just sitting in my house. And I look at it all the time, and I think, God, you're such an idiot. How could you be so stupid? But that 
that's what it was like. He didn't appreciate it at that, at that young age, like what, what you were doing. Okay, next question. This, this is a long one. This is a, that was supposed to, supposed to be the rapid-fire questions here, and that just went like four and one. Uh, from Travis Fifi. I'm not sure if you're old roommates, but you're uh, definitely old teammates. <laughs> um, how good is it to have good vibes slash good relationships with your coach when choosing a university? And what lessons did you learn from Coach Kevin Gian Pepsi? Is that his fucking name? Kevin Giancola. Okay. Call him Gian Pepsi. So he just sewers uh, me for that in- that question there. Thanks, thanks, peace. <laughs> Giancola was one of a kind. I mean, he's like a. Uh, I can't believe he was our coach. I actually did learn a lot from him. A lot of the guys did not get along with him, but most of the time, because I was playing the best on the team at times, I I would be his favorite. So I would ride shotgun, whatever. He was nice to me. But Fifi probably had a different experience because Fifi would, like, get in these qualifiers and he would almost qualify, or he'd qualify, and then Coach would be like, actually, we're going to add one more round to this total just to, like, make sure Fifi didn't get in. <laughs> <laughs> they were brutal to him. I was like, oh, my God. It, it was, uh, he, he was he was one of a kind. I mean, he's a hell of a player. He's won the Connecticut section, like, five or six times, maybe more. Um he played in the U.S. Open at Baltus Roll, I think. Uh, like, the guy could play. Like, he, he used to tell us we'd be driving. He'd be like, we would play like crap. And he'd go, I, I could rip all your asses right now if we just pulled this van over. We'll stop at any course. I'll teach you all. Like, it was, it was, <laughs> we were like, oh, my God. <laughs> but it, it, was a, it was a great experience in a lot of ways because it was so unique. And you knew it was unique. You knew a lot of teams were not going through this. But I consider Kevin a friend to this day. I mean, he's, he's a great guy. And he, he was hard on us, but he taught us a lot, too, about the game. That guy really knew what he was doing. Okay, so I have Thank a question you. here. Um, this is, you know, our mom listens to the pod. Um, mom, just uh, don't give me shit later. Have you ever played with someone that is a, a, a fig gem? Fuck, I'm good, just ask me. Yeah, there's a few of those, especially on Canadian tour. I mean, I wouldn't even, I won't go and name anyone. Ah, boo. I mean, there's so many of them, though, and that's just part of the, the way golf is. We just call it, we put them on the squid chart. I mean, if, you're, if you're on the squid chart, that's, you, that's who you are. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of guys like that. But I think in golf, um, Part of it, you have to be that way. You do, kind of, yeah. You have to be, You have to kind of have an arrogance about you, so you really get some. The other thing with golf is there's no coach or anything that decides whether you make the tour or not. If you shoot scores, you're in. So you can be the biggest whack job in the world, but if you were, you know, you'd probably get cut from a hockey team because they'd say, we just don't want to deal with this guy. There's none of that in golf. I mean, you could be a total lunatic, and if you are shooting the scores, you're in. That's the beauty of the game. Yeah. So you get some absolute beauties on these tours, especially the mini tours. Oh, my God. I mean, guys, like, just summing up. Like, they, I played with um, one of my first pro events down here in Arizona. I got paired with this guy, Andre Metzger. He's not a fake jam, by the way. He's an absolute beauty. Um but I show up, and he's wearing, like, Hurley swim shorts and 
1990 cotton golf shirt. And it's, <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, God, who is this guy? And he's got, like, running shoes on. We go out. He makes eight threes in a row in the middle of the round. Shoots the easiest 64 I've ever seen. I was like, holy crap, who is this? Turns out the guy's, like, the all-time money leader on uh, the Dakotas tour. He's an absolute stud, but the guy just doesn't care. Like, he, he has no – he's one of the he, – he really changed my perspective on golf. Like, he made me realize it's not about what clubs you have. It's not about how you dress. I mean, he, if you shoot the scores, you, you can do it. That's all that matters. Okay, so the next question is from Dylan Bormia from Sault Ste. Marie. says, what is Eric Howardchuck, not Anderchuck, Eric Howardchuck planning on doing after his golf career? That's a great question. Um, I really hate doing anything outside of golf. Like, I went to... Uh, I just kind of went to get my um, mortgage license, and I went in. I went to the office for a couple of days, and I just walked out. I, I, I applied to do the course. I paid the three hundred bucks, and I spent two days in the office. And I was like, "Get me out of here! Like, just keep the three hundred. I'm out." <laughs> 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 I, I don't know what to do. So I, I, I'm probably I, I'm either going to get into sales or I'm going to be a teacher. I'd love to teach. Um, Hopefully, if I can find a way to come up with something cool or I could be a teacher down here, I, I think that would be a good calling for me. It's, so, it's, so uh, actually, I, I guess I'll piggyback that question. Uh, when, when, when you were down in Central Connecticut, like, what did you teach the studies? Gym teacher. <laughs> what, what, what did what I want to Like, down in college, what, what, what were you taking in classes? Oh, I was thinking business marketing. I, I kind of wanted to marketing? do like, okay. I always picture myself as an entrepreneur. I can't picture myself working for someone else. Um, I just, I don't know. It's not like I'm not good with taking orders. I just, I, I don't know if I could handle like, hey, like you took 40 minutes on your lunch break. You're only at 30. I would, <laughs> I would literally just walk out. I'd be like, okay, bye. Because I, I, I know I will put in 12 hours a day. 14 hours, 16 hour days when I need. But sometimes if I need a break, I'm taking it. And if someone's barking at me for that, I'll be like, see you later. So I think, um, I don't know if I ever really found a niche yet outside of golf. So I'm thinking I'm going to be in the golf business somewhere, even though it's not always the most lucrative. Uh, reminder, uh, you're, you're still quite young, so. Well, I'm, I'm hearing that less and less, though. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> hey, you're not 39, so you're still young. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, now I, now I go out on the Outlaw tour, and there's like I'm play, paired with like a 20 year old and a 22 year old, and they're like, "Well, you're like a vet," and I'm like, "Oh, I am a vet." <laughs> well, if you're a vet, if you're a vet, if you want me on your bag, you just let me know. I'll come pick your clubs for you. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Come on down. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, reminder uh, question from the gallery is sponsored by Player Golf uh, use the discount code uh, off the hosel 15 for 15% off of your orders that's off the hosel 15 for 15% off of your orders uh, a couple more questions now here Eric for you ha- have weirdest and crazy thing you've ever seen on the golf course 
craziest thing I've ever seen? Yeah, craziest, weirdest. Uh, what have you seen? I mean, pro, amateur, I mean, anything you've seen, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've seen a lot of guys go on crazy runs, both bad and good. Um, I've seen a guy have we run of course Mystic in um, in Ontario. It's a really tough course, and the tenth hole is this long par five, dog leg left over a ravine, over a gorge, another gorge. It's kind of a oh, we're in a tournament. Guy's playing pretty good. And he goes like five off the tee, then on his second shot, rips a couple more in the woods. He's hitting it all over the place. And I know he's standing there, and he's got like another 240 yards over a ravine, and he's got to hole it to make a 12. And he just looks at us, and he just picks up his ball, and he just goes, guys, I'm trying to pick it up, guys. <laughs> I think that's a good choice. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, I was going to ask you uh, to the meeting, like, I remember one time, I think I was 16, and we played in Saskatoon at the Willows, and actually, I mean, okay, humble here, sorry guys, I, I won, I shot 67-71, one by six, or maybe one by six, different tournament, doesn't matter, I won the tournament, I might have lost in the playoff, or won the playoff, but anyhow, I went and watched the, the at the Dakota Dunes, and our cousin shot uh, a record there one year, and I was like, oh, how, how, like, how easy is this course, right? I watched this guy hit like six tee balls off the one of the, I think it was 10 at the Dakota Dunes. And it was just right, 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 right. And all he did was put his hand up, ask for a ball from his caddy, teed it up. Right. <laughs> hand out, ball, tee up. I'm just like, oh my God. Funny story. So then two years later, I played there in the uh, Saskatchewan. I actually did not bad, I thought, but I mean, I was just like, I was terrified going to that team. Like, I remember this guy just blasting four out of bounds. I think, and I think he might have made a twelve or thirteen, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a weird game. <laughs> it can get so out of hand so fast, and it's like there's no other sport like that. Like it's not like you kind of feel like you ever see Space Jam yeah. when uh, Monstars steal the talent. Like I think I've I've had that happen to me in the middle of a round. here for you uh how much money have you played for have you been stroked or have you won uh like are you asking if i'm up in my career uh so let's just say you're playing a two-man or you're playing a match play or or you have money in the line you're you're playing for hyundai 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 uh yeah oh yeah gambling 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 oh yeah um no i've played uh i've been in some pretty seriously heavy matches uh i would say most I've ever been in was like a hundred a hole, two hundred for birdies, two man scramble. What? Um, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty crazy. Usually I play like uh, ten, 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 and I'm like, oh my god, I go to the bank machine. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I mean, that's why. But like sometimes you, you go in golf, you get invited to these nice courses with these kind of more rich people, and you know I don't have much dough on me, and they're like, hey, yeah, so you want to play, we're going to play like 100 a hole, and it's like, oh, well, <laughs> I, like I really want to play this course, so I don't want to be like, no, and I feel like I can beat them anyway, so, and then, actually, I remember in that match, the guy, we were up like 
600 bucks going to 18 <laughs> and the guy pressed it all no shit he won and um we had like a 20 footer for birdie that we missed and the oh. last guy my partner talked a little smack to him and he picked up his ball and he moved it back like three feet um, and he goes, is this okay for you? And puts the ball down, proceeds to make it to cut us out. Oh. <laughs> oh. And you're buying drinks and dinner. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's one of the craziest things I've seen. <laughs> Hashtag dickhead moves. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no, it was like, it was something you would never... I mean, 600 bucks at the time, that was going to, like, really change my life. I was thinking, geez, I could play another event next week. <laughs> if we get out of here, if I, and sure enough, buried it on us. Um, yeah, a lot of good experiences like that. that. That makes you stronger. I really think playing your buddies for cash that you're uncomfortable with, it, it, makes, it makes you more nervous than a tournament. Because in a tournament, I've already paid my entry fee. Yeah, so you have nothing you know? to worry about. Yeah. So... Like, I'm, I'm, if I miss the card, I, I'm not out any more than I already was. But in a cash game, I mean, there's this cash in your pocket. And yeah. if you lose it, it's gone. So I think that really, really prepares you for... I've had two times. It was like, okay, I'll play you for like 20 bucks. And I have $5 in my pocket. I've won one of those matches, and I've lost one of those matches. <laughs> it's the most awkward thing ever yeah, going to the ATM. And when the ATM doesn't work... Oh, 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 oh you are yeah, just green, an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not the greatest. That's Kate. why I stick to playing uh, cash for cribbage. So one more question here from the gallery, and then I have another uh, note for you after. Um, at... <laughs> At what age did you have to ever uh, lower your pants uh, if you have never made it past the ladies' tees, or have you ever, or have you seen someone do that? I've never had to do it. <laughs> you liar! Uh, <laughs> I haven't. Um, uh, I I probably have had to lower the ladies' tees, but honestly, I don't know if I have because I've always, like, at a young age, we always played the proper tees. If you're, if you're hitting it short of the ladies' tees, you should pull your pants down. <laughs> that's embarrassing. Like, you know what I mean? You're playing the wrong tee, brother. <laughs> hey, it's not me. I'm just saying this is a question from the gallery, bro. Hey, relax. <laughs> hey, I, I've never uh, – maybe I have. I don't know. I, I'm uh, pretty sure I've hit it I off the tree one time. I've done it a few times, bro. <laughs> I, I know you guys in staff, you guys all have the – got the big chest, right? So you <laughs> got to play the tips. You got to play the tips. We do, yeah. Ugh. Our courses are, like, average, like, I don't think we have everything with one course that's 1,700 yards, maybe. In Regina, I think. I don't know. Yeah, we don't have those yeah, long courses like you. Like <laughs> um, like um, what, what was that course? What's the course they used to play for a Canadian tour? Uh, Dakota Dunes. Um, Dakota Dunes, yeah. 73, okay. 74, 76. That's how I did it was. Yeesh. Tough one. Don't even make a spa. Yep. Tough. Yeah. I, I went to the casino there. <laughs> I've been there oh, before yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, if you guys end up in the Chino that week, that's. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask Eric uh, before I let you go here. This has been awesome, man. Um, any last piece of, of advice that you could give a youngster that would maybe help them follow in your footsteps, uh, make it to the tour? You know, I mean, hey, you've been there. Uh, you're still grinding to get to the, I mean, the the main stage. But 
you you've been to let's just call it the American Hockey League of uh, golf. So, any last piece of advice you give us? Um, I guess I, I I would tell people and kids especially like don't be afraid to shoot your shot. Like go for it. Just um just take the risk. It, it is risky. You always think you're not good enough. Like when you are doing it, you're kind of like unsure. Just go for it. Who cares? Worst thing to have, like, anyone that's a real pro has a lot of respect for anyone that tries even. And I think that's a huge thing. I've always kind of just taken the risk in that sense in my life. Maybe for better, maybe for worse. Actually, I have a good story for that. Um, Perfect. That was the next question. Sorry. Go on. Well, in high school, um, I I played a bit of basketball. I played on the basketball team. I never played. I stunk, right? (laughs) I was on that. But I worked so hard, and the coach was like, I got to pitch, you know, like, whatever. I got to play a lot. So it's great. Anyways, we're going into Bramley one time, and the starters were all late for the bus. So Oh, you're pumped. So the coach is like, I'm playing the – I'm starting the bench to teach the starters a lesson. So I'm like, oh, my God, in Bramley, like, that's a good uh, – that, that school is good at basketball. And – we get down there, and the crowd's really packed, and these guys are, like, all 6'4 on the other team. I'm 5'10 on a good day. And the guy on our team somehow wins the tip, and it comes to me at half court. And I dribble, like, two steps across half court, and I see these huge guys coming in at me. So I just huck it at the net, at the hoop. <laughs> And it hits the backboard and goes in. Like, three. open up, tip, half-court shot, three. And I just kind of skip back, like, what up, what up? Time out, time out, give me out, give me out of the game. <laughs> and the crowd just goes silent. <laughs> Whatever. They come down, they lay it up. Our coach calls a timeout immediately, subs me out, says, Eric, if you ever do that again, I'll kick you off the team. Go sit there. <laughs> and I didn't play the rest of the game. <laughs> You're like, Coach, I had a three-pointer from the half. How are you? <laughs> it was like... But, you know what? Shoot your shot, right? Yeah. I mean, you might get benched for it, but just shoot it. And I love that memory because it, sometimes it goes in. What a dickhead coach, though. <laughs> and, and not to mention, you just never know who's in the stands either watching, right? No, no. And now that I'm older, looking back, it was the worst basketball play you could have <laughs> Like, wind tip, huck up, half shot, half court. Yeah, but you made it, so you like way cooler now, though. <laughs> That's my point. It's like, on paper, it was the worst, so. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that would be my advice to kids. Just shoot yourself. Okay, so I wanted to ask one last thing here. Any, uh, any funny stories you have for us uh, before I let you go here? All right, I like it. Yeah. Um, you have anything <laughs> else, Troy? As good as it no, I. Uh, I man, no, just thanks for having me on. I mean, guys, uh, I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure they will. If anyone's got any questions? Um, my Twitter's at Eric Howard Chuck. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You want a free plug? <laughs> well, well, hey, yeah. free. You didn't let him finish it. <laughs> Gotta plug it. We didn't hear it. Let's go. Tell your thoughts. There's no free plugs. 
No, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Anyways, thanks for that, Don't touch your Twitter handle. Spit it out. You have three I seconds. I already did, didn't I? No, you only no, got you halfway. It's at Eric Howard Chuck. Everything. At, at Eric Howard Chuck. Everybody. Yeah, not Eric Andrew Chuck either. <laughs> hey, I couldn't say Dave Andrew Chuck, but I didn't do that. I said I was sorry about that. <laughs> No, this has been good, Eric. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, I hope you had fun uh, on here, and we appreciate you coming on. And Troy, I hope you enjoyed it too. Take I care. Did as well. Thank you, Drew and Eric. I just wanted to say uh, again, congratulations to your father, and I uh, hope all his health is going in the right direction. Yeah, man. Good luck to you this summer, eh, with everything. Stay Take happy. care. Take care, Eric. Take care. Bye. West Side Pizza, the name you need to know. We offer you more than just great pizza. We have fantastic food combos and delicious selections. We offer online services which include paying online and curbside delivery to ensure your safety and the safety of our staff during this time. So check us out online at www.westsidepizza.ca or give us a call at 306-949-1090 for all your takeout and delivery needs. Westside Pizza, always here to help your hunger. There it is, the interview with Eric Howardchuk. Um, you know, really good interview with Eric. He, he talks about a lot of good things. And, you know, we, we looked at, you know, how his dad's, uh, you know, just rang the bell with his cancer treatments. And, and you know, that's, it's very special for for their family and, you know, Dale. And <clears throat> it's, you know, it touches home to obviously my, with my family. I was with my brother um, on his way to finishing up his stuff too. So it's a, it's a scary thing. So. Um, but yeah, moving forward, you know, I wish them best of luck and uh, on all that. So, you know, Eric, a uh, good interview. It was fun. Uh, a little longer, like I said, we had, uh, had my brother on and we had a lot more questions. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, sorry it's a little long, but uh, we'll try and shorten this up next time. But um, yeah, it was fun. It's different. And, and uh, Eric was a great guest. I'm wishing him all the best uh, getting back on the tour on the Corn Ferry or the McKenzie. So I uh, wish him tons of luck and success. And uh, we'll we'll talk to him again at some point. Um, reminder: We're on Twitter, underscore off the hosel, Instagram, underscore off the hosel. Check out the Facebook page, and yeah, just keep listening. And uh, we appreciate all your support so far. We'll talk to you this Wednesday. Take care.